Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of the Watch Rolling Podcast. The Watch Rolling Podcast is a veteran-owned podcast that focuses on watch enthusiasm and horology with a veteran's point of view, as well as shares valuable veteran resources with the watch enthusiast community. My name is Jason, and I'm your host. If you're new to the pod, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Uh, watch Rolling Podcast is brought to you by the Anti-Watch Watch Club, AWWC. It is a 501c3 charity that just releases a ton of stuff in a drop-style culture. Knowledge bottles, cool flags like the one you see behind me. Um, t-shirts, hoodies, you name it. And 100% of the proceeds go to help law enforcement, first responders, um, active duty, any kind of gap that exists to exploit that gap to help people, you know, whether it's with training or housing or, you know, just cancer treatments, travel for medical appointments, you name it. Um, the Anti-Watch Watch Club does that. And they do it through a series, again, of drop culture stuff. And, you know, they do collabs on watches and stuff like that. So I just invite everyone to check them out. The AWWC is an awesome sponsor. They don't give me any money they just sponsor and i put the word out for them because i believe in what they're doing so check out the awwc at antiwatchclub.com this week's episode is a very special episode it is an interview with ryan and ryan is in the florida national guard and also has a real job like most people that are in the national guard and the reservists and ryan has uh two pretty cool instagram feeds one is watch my life with a y and the other one is uxo or ux outlaw both on Instagram. Now, Ryan recently has earned his ACSM CPT, uh, the Certified Personal Trainer Certification. And I wanted to bring Ryan's story to you and let you hear him talk because you know how it is. I, I try to try to get veterans or people employed. I feel like, you know, work is a good thing and everyone wants to do it and it'd be nice to have some kind of career. And it's good to hear from people who have accomplished something. Um, and it's maybe a path that you're starting down. So uh, with that, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ryan to the stream. Hey, Ryan. Hey Jason, thanks for having me. No, oh, no, thank you for showing up. I appreciate it. It's a we're recording this on August tenth. It is a Thursday evening, and uh, it is rather muggy where I'm living in Virginia. But uh, how is it down there? <laughs> the exact same. Hot, same muggy. When you go Man, outside, you feel worst. like you're walking through uh, soup. It's, oh, really? Yeah. Man, I pulled into um, Seychelles one time. I thought Mississippi was the worst place I'd ever been for humidity. And we pulled into Seychelles one time, and when I walked outside the sh- skin of the ship, I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. It was so humid. And then, but then you get used to it, and you're like, oh, this is a really beautiful place. So you just kind of, you know, um, cheap beer and uh, beautiful views will help that out. But nice. Yeah. So you know, I just want to say welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is Ryan's first time on. Um, you heard, I'm pretty sure you heard the intro of what I gave. Um, but before we get started, let's do a wrist check, and you're the guest. So what do you got on your wrist tonight, Ryan? Got my uh, Zodiac Super Seawolf 53 mm. cream dial. Yeah, that thing's beautiful. Trying to not get the flecto there. Yeah. yeah. Everyone likes a little flecto. <laughs> it looks nice on the bracelet. Absolutely. I love the uh, OEM bracelet from Zodiac. Uh, it'll make Mike Pearson happy. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a longtime viewer. Uh, no time caller. No, I'm just kidding. He's a first time caller. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. I've messaged with him a couple of times. He seems like a really oh, nice yeah. guy. Yeah, he's he's down to earth, man. Like he's just uh he he really is a watch enthusiast first that happens to work for Zodiac. I mean, he's a he's a great dude. And uh I'll have him on one day for an interview on my channel. We've interviewed him on Government Cheese Time and I interviewed him a couple other times back. But yeah, Mike's always a pretty positive force in the watch enthusiast space. So it's good to have those connections. Uh, on my wrist, I have my Marathon left-hand drive uh, Polar Dial GSAR. Thing is nice. Thanks, man. Uh, um, speaking oh, of left-hand drive, I'm looking forward to the uh, 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 notice uh, yeah. AWWC release later this month. I'm oh yeah, you're gonna try get, it? To get one of the, I'm gonna try to. I mean, it's gonna be pretty limited, isn't it? Uh, I I think the first one was. We can talk after the show. Just just. We'll talk after the show. We'll have an offline, like a, my, one of my favorite terms people use is we should have a sidebar later. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, man, yeah. if I had any more sidebars, I'd punch in the face. But um, no, no. Yeah, it's uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, man, you know what I've noticed? Like, this is going to get off topic. I don't want to kill the show, but I've noticed that I've been more interested in, in four o'clock crown placements or just the crown, not at three. I'm not like tw- I'm not a bullnose guy. Crown at twelve, but give me a cool crown placement where it actually works with the overall design of the watch and not- count me in. Yeah, you know, because I mean, doing push-ups with a regular crown is kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, that it, 
when I first saw it on the, I think it was the Rolex Sprite, uh, I kind of scratched my head a little bit. I was like, I don't think that one's going to be that popular. But then I saw, you know, other watch companies start to do it. And, I'm, you know, yeah. you with your marathon now and notice with their uh, sector deep. And now I want one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, leave it to yeah, Rolex be, instead of trend. Yeah. It'll be worth the wait, man. You'll, you'll like it. Mm. But, uh, you know, again, thank you for coming on. And, you know, for everyone here, we, we, I discussed it a little bit in the intro, you know, if you, if you like to highlight some of your professional experience, Ryan, and like I get, like I said before, and like every other guest that's actually in the military, you know, share what you feel comfortable sharing. I don't want you to give away too much stuff, but this kind of just leads up to your story as far as what you've done. Yeah, sure thing. Um, I enlisted in the army in 2015. Uh, I'm in the signal world of uh, communications, uh, similar to Alex from army in time. Um, I'm in the uh, Florida national guard. That's a reserve component. You know, the, one weekend a month, two weeks a year type of deal. Yeah. And uh, on the civilian side, I'm in the auto insurance industry. I've been there mm -hmm. since 2017. I graduated from uh, the University of South Florida in the spring of 2017 with a bachelor's degree in economics. Oh, congratulations. And I appreciate it. And uh, earlier, well, well, just a week ago, actually, I finished my uh, personal training certification, my CPT, through the American College of Sports Medicine. Nice. Well, congratulations, man. That's, it seems like it sounds like you've, you've been pretty busy since 2015. Yeah. You've been knocking stuff out. Could say that. <laughs> nice. And, uh, economics, you know, it's funny about economics is, um, so my wife and I, we both have degrees, but I always tell her like she has real degrees, like their early childhood education and all that stuff, like her master's and all that stuff. And I would consider economics to be one of those real degrees. Like, you know, mine's in criminal justice. I don't know if that's, if those ones are really real. I took a stats class once, but it's not like economics. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah congratulations. Thanks. So um, what we're here to really talk about is this achievement of the ACSM CPT certification, because it is something I've heard uh, back when I was in before I retired and everything. And I still hear like younger sales talk about it. There are a lot of active duty people that are really into fitness and, you know, they like, you know, as, as more of like, I would say like a, a lifestyle than just like as a fad. It's just part of what they do, right? Mm -hmm. And I think to actually get certified in that is taking it another step, right? Like you, you're either going to go work for someone or you're going to go work for yourself. And um, I always think like small business owners, uh, and regardless of whatever field it is, I think that's pretty cool because you're taking a lot on your shoulders and um, you're kind of like really forging your own destiny. You're putting a lot on yourself, which I think is a great thing to do, especially when you're young. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, uh, I always tell people don't wait like, don't be like me and wait till like you're 38 to get your life together. Um, like get it together when you're like, when you're like 22, 25 or whatever. But, um, so did, did your day job lead to like this interest in fitness and wellness, or is this something that you've always kind of done? So, uh, I've always had an interest in weightlifting, um, ever since I was, well, yeah, ever since I was a teenager, I, uh, I was a football player in high school. I was uh, a lot heavier back then. I was on the defensive line and I was like a blocking tight end. So I would just lift to be like strong and bulky and stuff. And that pretty much continued uh, up until I joined the army. And I knew my way around the gym, but I wasn't in like, you know, army or even really military enlistment kind of shape. I, I yeah. never ran. I, you know, didn't do sit ups <laughs> ever. So uh, in, uh, the early days of my army career, I really struggled. I failed two out of my three PT tests at basic training. That was kind of stressful. And, you know, I kept at it. I kept working and, uh, I passed my third one. I, uh, once I got to AIT and I had like a little bit of free time, I started going back to the gym some more and lifting, but I started to like tailor my, uh, workouts and nutrition to be more conducive to like army fitness, yeah. you know, more uh, functional body weight kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, that just carried on. I kept building and researching it. It became, like you said, more of like a, a lifestyle and something more than a hobby. And, uh, at my unit here in the Florida guard, I became one of the go-to people, so to speak for, uh, nutrition and fitness advice, uh, 
because you know being in a reserve component you get a lot of people that are overweight yeah. failing tape that don't exercise as much as they should on the civilian side and then they show up to you know our monthly drills or our annual training and they're you know struggling and uh you know yeah. So, and I really enjoyed kind of helping, uh, give, you know, giving them some advice, working with them from time yeah. to time. And so I, uh, figured I might as well use the army, uh, credentialing assistance program and yeah. get my CPT. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, the research, I always joke around, like people, anyone that's listened to the podcast, I always say like, use the stuff that's provided you. Cause if you don't use it, it's going to get taken away, mm-hmm. you know, especially, I mean, you work too hard when you're in to not like, if there's programs that will help you. And all it requires is a little bit of paperwork to fill out. And then you just show up somewhere. You owe it to at least yourself to do that. Right. Absolutely. But to, but to um, so to help, to help people like in your command or in your unit, um, you, you must have like a natural uh, predisposition to want to teach because I think it's a touchy subject, right? Like nutrition and fitness. It's a touchy subject to help someone. Like I've never been a small guy, right? Like, I don't know if you saw the pictures from, the the charity dive event this past weekend you know i'm like i'm six two like 260 right i graduated high school i was like 245 i've gained like 15 pounds in the 30 years since i graduated high school right which i don't think is too bad no that's not bad you, at all that's you know what i mean yeah yeah you know what i mean like and and like I, if i get dress shirts i still have to get them tailored because because of my shoulder and chest size they think i have a huge stomach and i don't have one so i gotta get my shirts tailored in because i have to buy executive size shirts but anyways I know that it can be a touchy subject to to discuss someone's diet with them, even if they're trying to make improvements, right, or trying to get healthier. And then especially the fitness part, especially if a person doesn't have a real, quote, unquote, athletic background. So is that something that you felt was kind of natural for you to to talk with people about? Yeah, so I uh, I wouldn't call myself the most, uh, like, socially adept person like i I get kind of awkward and stuff that doesn't uh you know when i'm whenever i'm around my uh fellow members of my unit and stuff that kind of changes you know i'm I'm a lot more comfortable with them and such so having that bond to begin with kind of open the doors a little bit more but fitness is kind of like watches for me in the sense that i know so much about it that i just take on more confidence when i'm speaking about it and stuff so it in that sense, because I came from a place of knowledge, not, not only from researching it, but also having to deal with it myself, having, you know, I struggled with PT tests and there yeah. are things that I did to fix that. And, you know, I was never overweight, but I, I had to get taped for a long time yeah. in the army. Like I'd be over the height and weight standards. So they'd be like, all right, step aside. You got to yeah. go with this group and get taped and so on and so forth. But yeah, so it uh, teaching that subject specifically, I would say, yeah, that kind of came naturally. Nice. Yeah, I mean that's pretty awesome, man. Especially, I, I feel it's. Im- I think it's a good thing that you also give back to your unit because I, you know, twenty years in the Navy, you see a lot. We have a what do we call? It? I can't remember the name. We have like PT people, right? Like the command PT coordinator, or whatever. And uh, you know, some of those people are not. You know, they don't have a whole lot of bedside manner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh. It can go, it can go horribly wrong. Like keeping it real goes horribly wrong sometimes with the PT stuff. Absolutely. And they'll just be like, come on, just work or just yeah. eat, eat better and work harder. And it's like, you yeah. know, it's, it's not always that easy, you know, uh, or maybe give them, or maybe they're not, they want to work harder and do better. They just don't know how, yeah. you know, it, I, 28 days out of the month they're at home and they don't have organized PT to show up at and people to tell them what to do. And yeah, so sharing that knowledge really is important. And, uh, eventually I'd like to become a a army MFT, a master fitness trainer. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a course up at Fort Jackson. Um, I'd really like to take that, you know, with a, a reserve component, there's not always funding for those like non-required type of, uh, you know, not every unit has to have a master fitness trainer. Oh, really? But yeah. Um, oh, you know, it sounds like it sounds detrimental to the unit. Yeah, and it's a, it's a little bit crazy because you think of how, like how big of a deal you know yeah. PT is. If you aren't that good at it, you'll get kicked out. So, well, I think it's important too because like the the primary image we had, like you know, not this. I'm a sailor. I'm a surface guy, right? Like not a submariner, not an air deal. I'm a surface fleet like sailor, right? 
And the one image, when I think of the army, I think of marching. I think of rucking, right? Like it doesn't matter what your job is. You got to put a pack on, you got to carry a weapon. And then if you have an actual job that isn't just killing people, you have to carry that stuff with you usually, you know, especially on a small unit level. You know what I mean? So you think they'd want to have as many of you kind of guys around the master. Oh, when you get the MFT. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, you know, that's my unit leadership is very aware that I'd like to uh, attend (laughs) that training. So if, and when the uh, opportunity arises, I'm going to jump on it right away, but you know, yeah, be like the lady in Zero Dark Thirty. Just walk up on the wall and just start marking the number of days you haven't been to MFT school. Like twelve hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's. I'm telling you, man. Like you gotta, you gotta advocate for yourself, bro. Like, uh, there was schools. Um, you just have to. And, and speaking about the tape thing, bro, I was a lifetime member of the of the tape club. I, I think the Navy said I was supposed to weigh two hundred and eleven pounds. Like I didn't weigh two eleven. I stopped around being around two eleven like my sophomore year in high school. Yeah. And I remember one time on deployment, we we had like a, I think it was 03. Like it was just a really long deployment. Everything was going on in 03. And um, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, like just meat and veggies. And, and I wasn't eating bread, like water, coffee. Like it was just streamlined, right? Mm-hmm. I got down to like 235, 232. Yeah, so I had just a yeah. bigger frame guy. Yeah. And I had no fat on my stomach, right? And they were like, sorry, you got to get taped. And I remember I walked up to the weigh-in to get taped with my shirt off and our XO was there. And I'm like, sir, like, really? Like, what, what, what am I getting taped? Like, I don't even have anything. He's like, he's like, he's like put your shirt back on. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Good job. Um, so, okay. So on this road, right. So you, you got a full-time job, you got the guard, um, you know, and you're, and you're working towards this uh, ACSM CPT certificate. And what's one thing that I'm going to skip to the end real quick. Cause I think what's one thing that earning this has taught you that you didn't expect earning the actual certificate. A couple of things. Uh, I would, if I can. Uh, oh yeah. Take your time. Number one is if you're going to take on, you know, that extra obligation, you know, uh, like you said, especially someone in my kind of shoes uh, where you have a civilian job, you've got part-time military obligations, you know, maybe you've got kids sometimes, you know, I'm married and I've got a dog and a house to take care of. I don't have any kids yet, but you know, you got a lot of obligations already. And if you want just those parts of your life to run ship shape, you need to, you know, put some effort into it. So you kind of need that time off to recharge. So if you're going to take on that extra obligation of studying and trying to further your education and stuff, it needs to be something that you're at the very least interested in. Better case would be that you actually really want to do something with it professionally. You know, Mm -hmm. I, uh, in 2022, I did a uh, cybersecurity boot camp. It was about four months long. It was like two live classes a week and then a lot of self-study outside of that. And I completed it. I didn't pass the certification exam. You know, I came relatively close. I did okay for my class, but, um, you know, I, it took, I, I started evaluating after because I was like, why didn't I pass this? You know, I went to all the classes. I you know, studied as much as I was supposed to. I did all the labs and assignments and stuff. And what I came down to was like, I just wasn't interested in it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had no, I, I didn't have the drive to be like, I want to be a cybersecurity analyst. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't. And if I did, I probably would have passed it because that's yeah. exactly what happened with my uh, personal training cert. It took around the same amount of time. Uh, there weren't any live classes, but it required a lot of self-study to complete the prep course. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 the only real difference was, and you know, both were free. So mm-hmm. I didn't have any money at stake really, unless I failed it. But, uh, the only real difference was, I, you know, I have a passion and an interest and, uh, personal experience with yeah. the fitness side. Yeah. That's a huge thing. I, I, I tell people all the time, especially it might be a little bit different for someone. I mean, I think it applies to anybody, but someone that's separating after like their first tour, first of all, if you're in the Navy, Never separate after your first tour. Go to your first shore command, get off a ship, use that time to do something. And then if you want to get out, get out. Um, and then your full enlistment's over, right? But I always tell people like, you know, like you bring up a valid point. Don't, if you've done 20 years, if you've done eight, if you've done four, 
don't just take whatever is available, like figure out early what it is you want to do. And then acknowledge the fact it might take some hard work. Cause like, you know, if you want to, if you want to be a brain surgeon, it's probably going to take longer than a year of your enlistment to get done. You know what I mean? So like you said, you know, balance your schedule, take a look at your schedule, make sure it's something you care about or something you want to do. And that you have a plan to do something with it when you get out. I think, uh, I think it makes those long nights and you know, uh, when you, I can speak from experience when your wife goes to bed and you're still up writing papers, it, it makes that grind that much more worth it. It know? does. And it makes you a lot, uh, you know, you'll consider that time. Like I did with the cybersecurity thing. If you s- devote all that time and effort and then you don't pass it, I mean, you're going to be pretty mad, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, so make sure it's something that, you're going to be willing to sacrifice your free time for. Yeah. And it's a real, like, you know, it's funny that you, it's not funny, but how you mentioned, um, you know, what your confidence was speaking about watches and about fitness, right? Like it's a real thing. If this is something that you want to do and you put in X amount of hours, I always tell people, um, stop and take stock of what you've done, right? Like don't rest on your laurels, but when you're done with this, like when you get that, like, certificate or your whatever it is you want to get stop and look at it for like 10 minutes it, pour yourself a tasty beverage whatever it is you want like i don't care it could be freaking iced tea whatever sit down with that thing pour yourself an iced tea or whatever the hell and tell yourself i did a really freaking good job you know and then Absolutely. and then put it and then put it on the wall and go do something else right but i mean i think so many times people you know accomplish stuff and they're so worried about getting it that they don't stop and actually enjoy the moment then a lot of times that moment, no matter how short it is, um, is what you remember and you don't remember the grind. Absolutely. You know, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the period I'm in now where I just finished the certification like a week ago. Um, you know, I've been kind of riding pretty high since then. And it's because I'm in that, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying that sense of accomplishment that, you know, I worked hard at something for several months and I, and I got it and I'm happy to have it. And, you know, eventually I'm going to, like you said, start pushing ahead and doing what I need to do to actually start, you know, earning some money from this. But uh, for now, I'm just enjoying having that beverage and looking yeah. at the completion certificate. You should, man. Congratulations. It's, it's pretty awesome. Thanks, brother. So you said you had you had a couple things. Was it another thing that uh, this whole path taught you that you didn't expect? Or was that like kind of all of them wrapped up? Uh, More that that was more like big picture uh Mm -hmm. lesson that i learned but when it comes to you know you said there's a lot of people out there interested in the personal training cert i honestly you know when i was filling out my paperwork to get the army money to pay for this i had to kind of itemize it and i added the exam of course you know you have to have that but when it came to being like do i want the prep course do i want these extra study materials and stuff because i honestly considered like just taking the exam based on my person, my experience and knowledge that I had from like a hobbyist level. Yeah. I was like, you know, I've been doing this for double digit years now. I've been in the gym. I know what I'm doing. Maybe I can just take the exam. And I was very wrong. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> happy that I uh, chose to ignore that thought and uh, get the prep course and do that because there's a lot more to it than you might expect. I think because uh, there are a fair amount of like younger people who might be in college that are also personal trainers, yeah, they might think, you know, it doesn't take that much studying or time, but there was a lot to it. There's a lot of like medical uh, and health science type of knowledge that yeah. you need to learn. You know, you need to learn how to just, for example, deal with like a, a client comes to you who's pregnant and presenting symptoms of like uh, cardiovascular disease what do you do like how do you do their intake paperwork and stuff and i never i would have quit taking the exam right there if i had not taken oh, wow. the prep course and been like i have no freaking idea like i don't do i tell them to go see a doctor or do i you know just t- treat them yeah. like any other client i mean i've absolutely no clue so there there is a good for anyone looking at personal training specifically you know even if you are pretty adept when it comes to personal fitness and stuff I'd highly recommend you take the prep course for whatever vendor you're going through. Nice. I'm pretty sure there's like 10 million PE teachers that all tune into my show who are like yelling at the screen going, yeah, he's right. Because you know, like in school, they always try to, you know, they mixed up, they would mix PE with like health, Yeah. you know? And then like all of us are like, no, I just want to go lift, man. 
<laughs> yeah. I just want to go lift. And uh, you're like, no, you really need this health class. So that's yeah. kind of good to know. So Absolutely. do you think that would have been the biggest common myth about getting this path completed? Like that you can just, that you can just freewheel it and go in? Yeah. That, or, or maybe just the general, like, like, you know, yeah, I'll get my personal training start. How long is that going to take? Like, you know, a few weeks. It's like, no, it, it you know, if, especially if you've got other stuff, other full-time obligations in your life, it, you know, be prepared to set aside a good three or four months at least. And that's if you can devote, you know, five plus hours a week yeah. to uh, the prep course and stuff. It, I took the long route. I think I, from the time I started the prep course to completed the exam, it was about seven months. Oh, wow. But yeah, man, that's cool. That's an, that's an, you know, it's an investment in yourself though, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can't stress that enough to anyone that watches this or takes any lesson from any of the interviews I do, you know, all that you guys, you, almost all of you have like a common theme is that however you've gotten to where you're at now, it wasn't easy and it required a lot of hard work, but it's an obvious investment in yourself, right? Like you bet on yourself, it paid off. And I think that's kind of good. Well, not kind of good. I think it's actually really good. <laughs> um, so all this stuff going on, right? like, you know, doing your stuff and everything. Uh, what do you think was the biggest challenge in earning the certification? And, 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 and how did you tackle that challenge? Like, what did you do to like punch that challenge in the face? Uh, budgeting your time. So uh, I did it through um, the credentialing assistance program through the army. It's like tuition assistance, but you can use that uh, pot of money, the federal money to go after certifications and, you know, certificates rather than uh, full-on degrees. And when you're setting up, when you're applying for it, saying, I want to do personal training, I want to do it through this vendor, I want to buy the prep course and the exam voucher, it asks you, okay, when it, when's your target start date and when's your end date? I'd say be realistic with your timeline, especially if, you know, you're kind of like me and you've got a lot of domestic obligations, you know, um, once again, I'm, I did all this and I don't have kids and there's plenty of people out there. Like you said, that might be starting a little bit later or, you know, they're younger and they already have kids and, you know, I can only imagine how much time they suck up yeah. uh, on top of everything else, you know, civilian obligations, or if, it, you know, someone's active duty, I mean, your days are never the same. So you might, have a short day one day you're home in like seven or eight hours, but then you, you have those long ass days where you're putting yeah. double digit hours in cause the work's just not done. So be realistic with your, uh, I had to really be realistic and be like, you know, I do have a lot going on. So I gave myself that, uh, I gave myself eight months to do nice. it. I said that my target start date's going to be in January. I look to be done with it in mid August. And that turned out to be like the exact right amount of time that I needed. So, uh, don't expect to do it soon. Don't rush yourself. This is, you know, like you said, if you're going to invest in yourself, give yourself the time to actually learn this. And if you're, if you've got a lot going on at that point in time, maybe put it off just a little bit, keep it on your radar, you know, keep learning what you need to do to enter that program or prep course, what have you. And, you know, just keep it, keep it on the back burner just for now until your life gets a, a little bit less busy or until you re- can maybe fine tune your schedule to allow yeah. that. But so what I did is I work a four day a week schedule at my civilian job. Uh, so I have three days a week off and at least two of those days I would put in uh, an hour and a half of work, sometimes all three. Oh, nice. Cause the modules are like in varying lengths. So I couldn't say like, I'm going to finish this one module cause a module might take 30 minutes. The next module might take two and a half hours. Oh, wow. So rather than say, I'm going to finish X amount of modules, I would just say like, all right, I'm going to put in a total of at least three hours a week. I'll give myself one day. That's just totally off of everything. So I can, you know, get a little R and R, but that's how I did it. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Cause I, it, 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 it lines up with the age old saying, you know, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had people that are like in a degree program and they're like, oh, I'm going to take the whole, you know, this whole semester off. And I would always recommend them like, look, I get it. At least read some stuff that's going to maintain your knowledge for when you go back. Yeah. Like read, read for enjoyment about what it is that you're doing. And there's no assignments. There's no test. There's no due dates. Right. But you keep that stuff fresh in your brain. 
you know, and you like you said, you keep that attachment to what it is that you're going to do. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot it, of times it's that stress from the the milestones that you get. There's do. that. There's the expression like brain dump, and yeah. when you when you say it like that, it, it makes it sound like it's intentional. Like I don't want to learn this. I'm sitting through this brief. I'm gonna brain dump it later. It sounds like it's an intentional thing. It's not. Your brain will dump stuff if you're not using it. You know, like the things that you learn are perishable. So yeah, if, no, if exactly. You take too much time off, you will forget. So yeah, that's really good advice. So, so you, 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 it's a good word intent, right? Um, can you talk about frame of mind? Like when you started, like, were you like intent on doing this? And if not, is it something you developed over time? But if it was something, was there anything that you did to like really lock in that? Cause I think that's a very military thing. Like, you, you know, something's not going to be the greatest, right? The process, but you know, it's going to be pretty good when you're done. Yeah. And you lock in, uh, like, what'd you do? So I was very intent on, uh, first off, learning this as best as I could, dedicating myself to it. Because when I started it, I was just a couple of months removed from failing that cybersecurity exam. And after, you know, devoting about four or five months in total to prepping for it and taking that boot camp course and stuff. And, you know, afterwards I did a, a I don't know if, they might call it something different in the Navy, but uh, an AAR, an after action report. Okay. Like yeah. Yeah. So after a big training event, we'll always sit around and be like, all right, how did it go? What do we do right? What do we need to improve for next time? What are some suggestions for next time? So I kind of did a self AAR yeah. on that. And I was like, why did I fail this? What's the real problem? And what I kind of determined was, I just wasn't that interested in it. I put <laughs> forth the effort. I completed it. I didn't, you know, drop out in the middle or anything, but I just wasn't that motivated to do it. So I was like, if I'm going to uh, tackle another bit of uh, education on my own, it's got to be something I'm interested in. So I found this. I learned that the Army would pay for it through credentialing assistance. And so I was like, okay, that's something I want to do. And uh, I just went at it with that. Earlier on uh, this year, I was pretty dead set on leaving my civilian job. It had reached a point. I was just pretty unhappy there. Yeah. Um, I will become vested at my civilian job later this month. So my plan was to finish my cert around this time that I would be vested mm -hmm. and basically just, you know, kick the door open and leave as, yeah. uh, as soon as I finish my personal training cert and start doing this full time. Uh, in the last couple of months, that's changed a little bit. Things have improved somewhat at my civilian job, so I'm not so much beating down the door to leave anymore. Um, and I'm taking kind of a slower approach to, uh, you know, integrating the personal training profession into my life. Um, but I'm gonna, you know, pretty soon I'm gonna be taking like a first aid, CPR, AED oh, nice. certification, which is something that you need to mm -hmm. professionally train people. And so I'm, I'm working my way towards it. Um, but it's, it's kind of evolved and transformed. But the one thing that was constant in my mindset from the beginning was like, I enjoy this. I would definitely be, you know, I'd be a lot happier doing this as a job than I would be doing my current civilian job. Um, and those things never changed. I still believe those fully. I'm just not as eager as I was to leave my civilian yeah. job, I guess. It's funny that you bring up um, how how these plans change and morph over time. Because I have a buddy of mine who um, he went to culinary, like he retired, uh, E eight senior chief in the Navy, and the guy's always been really capable. Like he can like car audio, he can woodwork. Like I could do anything, right? He put a freaking propane, like professional propane fire pit in his backyard, and it looks like he paid someone to do it. It's insane. But my point is, he went to culinary arts. He went to culinary school, got his culinary arts degree just to be a better cook at home. He went to the automotive school and like learned how to paint car electronics, all that stuff. Right. Wow. Just to like work on his motorcycle and his trucks. <laughs> Cause he has a full-time J job, but he's like, Hey, you know, I learned all this stuff. I'm going to do it all the time for myself. Who knows what I'm going to do when I retire from my now civilian job. So it's just interesting to see, you know, to hear you already see that, you can tell that this plan's kind of morphing for you and you're just kind of going with the flow 
mm-hmm. to see where it takes you. Because I think that you might actually end up with like a, for yourself, a much cooler idea of what it is you want to do with this than what you first thought. Like you see the possibilities as you do it more and more. Yeah, absolutely. It's hundred percent accurate. Pretty cool. Um, so have, did you have any mentors in this process of earning your CPT? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a good friend of mine from pretty much the only friend from high school that I still keep in touch with. I'm, I'm 33 now. So when you, you know, the further removed you get from high school, you kind of, they start to fall away. They move, yes. they, you know, you're you go to college at different places. You know, you might join the military and go like far, far, far away from them. Yeah. But uh, she's pretty much the only friend I still keep in touch with from high school. Her name's Teresa. Um, as a student, she kind of struggled in high school. She had some domestic issues going on at home and stuff. She like barely graduated. I think she actually ended up dropping out and going to like adult high school to get her diploma and stuff. Nice. But, I'm an adult high school graduate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, good stuff. Mm-hmm. but uh, she just worked kind of miscellaneous jobs and eventually she found her way to the fitness industry. She started working at a gym, just like front desk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and uh, made her way into, uh, you know, higher up roles. She ended up being a manager and she got her personal training cert. Oh, and wow. for the last several years now, she's owned and operated her own uh, training business in the central Florida area. That's what she does full time. She uh, has lots of clients. She does all kinds of stuff. She does more like traditional personal training. She does it for uh, elderly people. She's got a lot of experience oh, wow. doing that. Um, she's trained a few, uh, MMA fighters. She's, uh, got a few different belts and a few different types of martial arts. Oh, wow. So, so, I mean, she's, you know, constantly just building herself up, like getting more certifications, getting more like specialized experience and stuff. So she's been a mentor as far as not just, uh, getting the certification itself, but like on the business end too, being like, yeah. you know, okay, I've got my cert now. What? I, I had no clue that I needed to be like AED certified to actually mm-hmm. start training people and stuff. She was the one to be like, okay, well you got your cert. Are you first aid certified? Like you're going to need that next. And she has been, is, and hopefully will continue to be my mentor as I kind of figure out all the different uh, aspects of this. So thanks very much to her. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out Teresa, wherever you are, <laughs> central Florida. Um, no, that's awesome, man. Especially when you mentioned the, the note about um, some business classes or whatever you said, you know, the business side of it. I, that's something I tell a lot of people. Um, Cause I, I don't know how it is. And I know the army is a little more specialized than the Navy, but you know, the Navy, we have ratings, which is the equivalent of your guys' MOS, but we do a lot more like multitasking only cause we can't put an army amount of people on board a ship. Right. Yeah. You have to be able to do more than one thing. Sure. So you get a lot of people that are mechanics or they're welders or they're, you know, electricians or, you know, whatever they want to do. And uh, that's what they want to do, but they, they forget there's a business side. Like when you get out and do that, you're going to open a business. You're going to like know how to account finances and stuff. Right. And you hear a lot of stories about them. You know, people will go bankrupt or they'll have something crazy happen because they didn't take care of the accounting. So I think that's a great point that you bring up because I would recommend, and I'd be interested if you recommend like just take enough basic business courses to where you don't screw yourself when you start your business, when it comes to taxes or whatever. Absolutely. Um, if I can, uh, what do you call it? Not to go off topic. It's definitely related, but uh, there's an organization called uh, Hire Heroes. Oh yeah. Who uh, works with veterans and they're you know they're nonprofit and uh, they're really excellent. I've been connected with them for a while, and uh, even if you're not like actually applying for jobs, it, or if you're just changing careers and you're kind of doing it on your own, like I am, mm-hmm. like. I am and like the, you know, people listening, people are talking about and stuff. If you're, you're handling most of the education stuff, but you just don't know like how to do it. Like in my situation, yeah. I, like I've got the cert soon. I'll have my, you know, first aid and whatnot. But then do I just go like start applying to be a personal trainer at gyms? What if I want to, you know, own my own personal training business? Do I then need to, do I need to buy a gym? <laughs> like yeah. it, do I, you know, how does this even work? So uh, they will connect you with a mentor in whatever field or as closely yep. related field as they can, who will, it's a fellow veteran always. And, uh, you know, they'll take the time to walk you through that sort of stuff. So if there's not someone personally that you know who can mm-hmm. mentor you to whatever 
career path that you want. Get connected with higher heroes. Uh, you got to, you know, apply, so to speak. They won't like deny you or anything, but you know, they they need some background info on you to kind of put you in the right place and with the right people. And you know, they can definitely hook you up with a mentor. That's awesome. No, I I covered higher heroes. I I don't remember the episode number, but one of my older episodes I covered higher heroes and uh. I've also had a, a retired Navy captain who used a slightly different program, American Corporate Partners. Um, when I when I listen to them, it sounds like they're more stream, uh, catered to like higher ranking people. But um, I'll tell you right now, Ryan, when you get done with the Hire Our Heroes thing or when you're close to getting done, I'd love to have you back on to get a firsthand experience about this because it's a program that sounded awesome when I read about it. And uh, it would be nice to have someone who's actually experienced the program just get on for an hour and talk about it. We can do that. If you would, if you would be open to that invitation, because Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like that's the biggest thing, bro. That is the biggest thing for all of us is that us, you know, military people, we are accustomed to, it's not everybody. We're a microcosm of society, but the majority of us would be like, bang, 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 knock stuff out. Mm-hmm. Right. But most of us look to some kind of, and not even like leadership, like, yes, sir, you know, kind of, or mm-hmm. yes, ma'am, kind of leadership. No, we just look like natural leadership. To, to to learn under to mentor under to eliminate that we can shorten the curve for mistakes yeah right there's no need to, for me to make the mistake if i can talk to someone who's already made that mistake and they're willing to teach me about it so i think programs like hire heroes are awesome because that's literally what they do someone sat in a room one day and said you know what we should just have a bunch of mentors so yeah. you know steve over here doesn't doesn't buy the wrong kind of chicken for his chicken farm. You know what I mean? Like, and then Steve's like, yeah, man, my chicken farm is great because I didn't buy these chickens or whatever. And, uh, so I would love to have you on, you know, and don't ever worry about going off because trust me, we can, this is a watch podcast that talks about resources and the the podcast itself doesn't make any sense, but you know, so by all means, if you have something insightful to share, by all means, I'm, I encourage sharing it because that sounds like a really good program. And I'd love to talk to you about it later. Yeah, most definitely. We'll, uh, tackle that in another episode for sure yeah so here's one thing so do you have a tool that you used uh earning this cert that you think is indispensable like if someone was going to start it you're like you need to get this thing and you need to get it from the get-go it would definitely be the prep course for me um that was like the meat and potatoes that just teaches you everything that's covered in the exam and you can navigate back and forth Uh, once when you're when you're initially completing the modules you have to do it in a certain order but once you're done with it you can go back and forth you can pick through like sub lessons and stuff and mm-hmm. i did that quite a bit uh, in the last uh, few weeks like leading up to me taking the exam um that was invaluable and like i said from very early on you know like when I was filling out the paperwork, I was like, maybe I could just get through this exam. I know a lot about this, but like from the first module, I was like, crap, there's a lot. I don't know like that. I apparently need to know <laughs> to yeah. do this. So that prep course was my lifeline. Absolutely. Awesome. Was it, was it super expensive? I mean, the, the army paid for it, right? Right. Uh, so you get um, $4,000 a year for tuition assistance uh-huh. and the, uh, credentialing assistance is under that same umbrella it comes from the same pot of money um for american college of sports medicine the prep course i think was 379 dollars and the yeah and the exam voucher was another like 150 i believe um and it's all when you do it through the army it's all tax-free so that's like the exact amount it was nice um through the army we use a website called army ignited and uh the ed at the end is like capitalized for education <laughs> yeah yep. um but that's where you do all of your like applications for tuition assistance nice. credentialing assistance and all that good stuff um they're pretty good about messaging you back if you do have any questions because oh nice army the the newer army websites they've been like kind of revamped and stuff like they're using microsoft teams now and all that stuff I kind of equate it to an Android phone versus an iPhone. Like the Android can do a lot more, but yeah. it's a little overwhelming and it's not as user-friendly. Yeah. It's like, th- there's so much here that I just, like, there's a million directions I could go in, but yeah. uh, whatever contractors or whoever are running the army ignited site, uh, I've had good experiences with them. If oh, I nice. send them a message, they're, they're really good about getting back to me. So anyone out there listening who's army specific whether you're on active duty or in a reserve component don't be afraid to just 
shoot them a message just like you know contact us oh, nice. need help whatever just be like i don't know what i'm doing and they'll they'll help out that's great man did you ever use uh army knowledge online yes did you use the first one or the second one because i heard there was a second one uh i'm not too sure i came in okay. in 2015 and um i used it quite a bit actually when i was in ait uh we had a lot of like spare classroom time so to speak yeah. where we had like already covered uh the material but because of regs and stuff we weren't allowed mm -hmm. to like advance to the next uh part of the course until like monday yeah. or whatever so we would just be sitting around class like twiddling our thumbs it was in a secret facility so we couldn't bring our phones yeah so that just left me to you know the army desktops with like uh secure internet so i could really only go to like go government websites so i would pull yeah. up a army knowledge online and just be like what courses do they have on here i did a bunch of silly little ones like uh introduction to ammo was one of them nice. and it just had this really goofy cheesy kind of uh animation <laughs> videos yeah. of guys like in acus with it looked they looked like the characters from the original golden eye on nintendo 64 <laughs> <laughs> they're just all like weird like kind of constipated looking faces yeah. just, did they have a cool uh, soundtrack it was like it was like most of them had no noise actually it would just oh. be a guy in acus just walking around showing you the proper way to carry ammo in a box nice. or whatever but i, yeah. I asked that question because uh when i was in iraq in 07 I was part of a joint unit and uh, I had a specialist who is now a Sergeant first class. Shout out Luis. I'll just leave it at that. He knows who he is. Um, no, his name. Yeah. Yeah. He, he tried to get me to say who, and I told him, I said, I'll never say that as long as I live, but I just did. But anyways, uh, not only did this guy tell the best stories I've ever heard in my life, this guy was the best storyteller man about like his life growing up. But one day he's on the computer and he's just like whizzing around, like doing all this stuff. And I'm like, he's a, he's a supply guy. And I'm like, Luis, man, what's going on? What are you doing? He's like, oh, chief, I'm using the army knowledge online. So I was already, I was already upset because, <laughs> because they sold us Navy knowledge online, right? NKO. And it was going to be, it was going to be life-changing. NKO was. And I'll put it to you as short and sweet as possible. Everything that I was supposed to be able to do on Navy knowledge online, this E4 could do on army knowledge online. And, more. <laughs> and they, and they never fixed ours. They eventually just got rid of it. Like it was the most user unfriendly thing of all time. So this is all leading into this question. Normally I asked a person what their biggest pet peeve is, but since you, with, with regards to their field, but since you, since you uh, just earned your certificate, I don't think you've earned it. You haven't had enough time to learn a pet peeve of a PT client. That's fair. I don't want to get you in trouble with your civilian company and ask you what your biggest pet peeve with car insurance clients is. I feel like that's a that's a that's a dead end street that can only get you in trouble. So, if you could offer one piece of uh, one recommended piece of advice to the ACSM CPT people for their course, like one area to like bolster up or improve, not necessarily negative, but, or something maybe they didn't consider that they would like to consider, would you have a piece of advice for them? Yeah, it's the grammar on some of the the, the uh, downloadable like handouts and the slides and stuff was just a little off. I can't exactly, uh, I can't think of an exact example, but it would just be weird stuff. I'd, it would make you like triple take. It'd be like, am I reading this right? Like <laughs> they just put a word that didn't exactly belong or they'd forget yeah. to use some punctuation. It didn't happen that often, but it happened often enough that it definitely stuck out. And I'd say, you yeah. know, maybe have a, you know, go over your uh, lessons with spell check one more time or yeah. something. And you think they just, had AI do it? It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, it was because it it was good for the most part, but it, like I said, it happened realistically maybe like five or six times throughout the yeah. course, which was like sixteen modules. So not that often, but enough times to be like that. Someone needs to look at that. That's a little. Yeah, no, it 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 can interrupt a, a person's learning flow, especially if you know you're one of the people whose primary methods of learning is from reading, right? Because there are people yeah. that are active learners. There's people that are, you know that read. I mean, there's all different kinds of learning styles. I don't want to get into that, but um, it can really screw up with some someone up. Yeah, yeah especially in flow. So you know, you've you've done all this. You've earned your certification. Um, now there's some personal questions, right? Like, I, I want, I want, I want the watch fam to get to know Ryan right, right. on this journey. 
And uh, so is there any specific piece of media, whether it's a, uh, I know I shouldn't call it book media, but it was media a long time ago. Uh, is there like a specific piece of media that you'd like to recommend to my audience? And if so, why? Like a book, a podcast, a video series, a what, whatever. I can recommend a few. Um, the book that's that I've gotten the most from that I've read a few times now is a, a classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, As I yeah. mentioned earlier on, you know, I can get kind of nervous talking to people that I don't know and stuff. You know, I, I know that's a lot more common these days with adults and stuff it's for the longest time that was a little bit like you know how old are you 30 you can't talk to people what the hell like but you know it's people get you know like social anxiety and generalized anxiety disorder i'm not diagnosed with either of those but you know it's just i'm not comfortable talking to everybody especially if it's someone i don't know i've never approached i don't yeah. know what their personality type is like um but that book will teach you everything from you know small talk with someone that you haven't met before to, you know, having in-depth conversations with like a, someone higher up, which is especially valuable. You never know when you're going to run into people like that in the military. It, in my experience, it doesn't happen as often on the civilian side, but uh, it's a great book. I've learned a lot from it. I keep rereading it because I just, you know, can never yeah. be reminded of that stuff enough. Um, when it comes to fitness, there's kind of a, podcast that i don't think has that big of a following but it should it's called uh the loco fit show it's uh l-o-c-o fit uh it's by a woman named lauren conlon uh she's an ifbb pro bodybuilder uh she's a trainer she has her own coaching business she's got a master of science and uh, exercise science from oh, wow. the university of south florida that's kind of how i was first exposed to her is because we went to the same uh school but um so she owns a coaching business, but her podcast a lot of the times goes more into the uh, mental side of training and how it can aid or maybe get in the way of your fitness goals. Uh, she talks mm -hmm. about like personal accountability, anxiety, relationships, behavior changes, and it, it really is insightful. She's a very scientific, uh, intellectual kind of person, but I think she does a good job of kind of, you know, translating it to layman and mm -hmm. making it so everyone can understand it. That's a skill, man. Mm. It's a skill. You know, it's a, we joke around like, uh, like I think uh, in army, you call them senior NCOs, but like, I think it's a skill that gets lost on people. Like sometimes you got to translate officer, mm -hmm. to junior enlisted. And sometimes Absolutely. you got to translate junior enlisted to officer. Yeah. And I feel like that's a skill in the civilian world that, pays dividends especially i think in a in a small business aspect mm -hmm. you know i don't know how many companies are paying for that but for her like to have her own business and to be a pro and be able to turn around to a group of people and be like no look this is very heady stuff but you you break it down into like nice little grilled cheese sandwiches that everyone can, <laughs> you know that's i imagine that sort of thing's got to be invaluable for you said you have project management yeah i, I i've uh Man, I, I tell you what, bro. I've done so much different stuff. Um, we talked earlier about like kind of like knowing your strengths, and and you talk about like doing what you like to do. Mm. And I I learned early on that I just like to do, right? And okay. uh, I can I can pick up lots of stuff pretty quick, right? Um, I just like to keep busy. So what I do is I've always kind of been around project management because. I'm a very literal cat, right? And there's always projects to manage. I don't care what project it is. I will get in. I will learn it. I will learn that stuff. And from more about confidence in my own ability and less about other people, I will do a really, really freaking good job. You know, hmm. if the money's right. Yeah. The money ain't right. Hmm. I'll go somewhere else. But, you know, my 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 happiness is being able to just do and it, it it can be bad sometimes, but yeah, it's, a. Uh, I, I, I have that ability slightly though, to take stuff and, you know, translate it to different, but I mean, as a Navy, in the Navy as a firefighter, like, I don't know how it is in the army. I'm sure it's like, you know, being a rifle, you know, shooting in the army or whatever in the Navy, everyone's a firefighter. Right. 
So I have to be able to, I, I had to be able to train everybody, regardless of where they're from, their educational experience, um, et cetera, et cetera, on how to fight fires and understand their positions. So, you know, I had to understand everyone's roles and then be able to explain to them why they were important to the team and they, they had to do what they had to do. And I had to quickly assess, like, is this person from, you know, the South? Is this person from the Northeast? Is this person from the Northwest? Is this person from Guam? Is this person from the Philippines? Like, we, we have people from all over the place. And if I can only talk to, like, one group of people, I mean, I'm really screwing the crew on learning what they need to do to um, save the ship and protect themselves and each other, right? So I took that really seriously as far as communication. And it's obvious I don't stop running my mouth, so. Not all. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's kind of, like, where I come from with it. Yeah, I'm a relatively new uh in nco i got e5 earlier this year nice. thanks man um, congratulations i appreciate it so i was the florida national or the national garden general i guess you could say works in a weird way where the state will just kind of move you around to different slots you'll still be doing like your job most of the time your mos or your rate but they might say like okay well you know what the leadership slot on this team is vacant. We're just going to take this guy that's just like low man on the totem pole and just like move him up into that slot. And you won't know a lot of the times until, you know, you show up for something and they're like, oh, okay, you're the team leader now. So you need this piece of gear. And I'm like, wait, I'm the team. What are you talking about? Like, why <laughs> I never needed this gear before. Like, why do I need this special weapon or whatever? Like what's going on? Uh, but essentially, uh, as a specialist, I was a team leader for a long time, but I didn't have anyone else on my team. So I was just like the de facto team yeah. leader. So I was used to doing everything myself for the most part. You know, I, I'd beg and borrow some help here and there. But uh, now as an NCO, I actually do have Joes under me. And yeah. um, something I'm having to kind of let go of, not entirely, because I am still enlisted yeah. and you know we are a small team so i can't afford to just stand around and point and be like you guys do this yeah but i am having to let go of more like i have to delegate some yeah and that's not the easiest thing for me to do no. i'm so used to just doing the work like you're saying like i'm like i know how it needs to be done why can't i just do it yeah but it's i wouldn't be doing right as a leader to my lower enlisted guys if i you know just did it all myself like they need to yeah. learn that stuff if i'm not there for some reason e5 is like the gold rate the gold rank because um no you're not really in charge like you're not in the navy you're not super in charge of everybody but you kind of are but they always mm -hmm. go to the e6 for the answers yeah but you can still be around everyone so like when maintenance is getting done or whether stuff's being done you could be right there hand in hand like showing and teaching mm -hmm. um e6 is where you got to kind of draw that line and, and and take a bigger step back because yeah. if you're in there with your hands all the time, you're losing situational awareness and right. you know, it, it sucks. It is, it's real hard. Yeah. Um, unless you never really like doing maintenance like me, I never yeah. really like doing maintenance. I try to advance as fast as possible. Cause I'm like, I really hate freaking doing maintenance, but I understand the importance of maintenance. So, you know, it's not something I ever slept off or anything. But no, that's congratulations, bro. E5 is awesome, man. Sergeant. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a good way of looking at it is like, you're kind of somewhere in the middle. Like you're, you're not yeah. quite like the, guy that needs to be in his office all the time but you're you know you can teach and give answers but still get some hands-on and you know do that work with your team yeah you'd be surprised man like um i think it it'd be impossible to quantify what an e5 can do on a day-to-day -day basis because you know if you're if if they're doing you know, the troops are doing work on something and you notice something's not quite right you'd be like oh well you know i know um this tool you know does this tool works a little bit better and we put a feedback report in or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you can improve the process and also make things safer for them in the long run. And they may not even know it, you know, but then if they stay in, they pass that down and then you just help create a good line of knowledge for a long, long time. Mm. Have a lot of impact at E5 level if you want to. Sure. Um, but I think it's a little more, they still look at you like as one of the, one of the homies. Yeah. You know, That's you're not fair. far, yeah. you're not far removed from the E4 mafia, but, um, <laughs> but but you're not in the E4 mafia anymore. You know what I mean? No. Um, oh man, this stuff's been, it's been great. It's been, it's been great. Ryan, listen to this. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask at the end, because I try to have watch enthusiasts on, um, I feel like we're a varied and diverse group. Um, watch enthusiasm is what unites us, but we all are doing crazy different stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But what is your grail piece? So, uh, my longtime grail piece 
was a uh, Breitling old Nava timer, A13322, I think is the reference. Uh, I'd lusted after that watch for a long time. I saw it in a movie when I was like 10 years old. Nice. And before I knew anything about watches and something, it wasn't even like that good of a movie. I've rewatched it as an adult and I'm kind of like, this isn't that good. <laughs> Which movie is it? <laughs> the Skulls. Yeah, dude. That was good. Saw that? Like the, their initiation scene where yeah. they're like passing them out watches and stuff. Yeah. And it's that watch. But um, my uh, wife got that for me uh, for our uh, 10 year anniversary earlier this oh, year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So I appreciate it, man. Um, awesome. But now that I have that, I think. My Grail is a Rolex Explorer one four two seven zero. The it was in production for a long time and like different yeah. variants, but I'd probably want to go for a birthier one because okay. they made they made that in a nineteen ninety, which is when I was awesome. born. So yeah, I think if I had one of those, I'd probably stop buying watches for a while. Not not just for <laughs> financial reasons, but yeah, you know. No, what about yourself? Oh man. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I developed this tiered grail system to lie to myself. Right. <laughs> when I first started, when I first started watching, watch enthusiast stuff, I was like, I'll have a zero to, you know, $500, 501. I think it was 501 to 1500 or something. And a 1500 to 2,500, 2,500 to like five, 2,501 to like 5,000 and then 5,000 and above. And what quickly happened is I started systematically, because this is how my brain works. I give myself a challenge and I systematically knocked them out. Mm. So it was a Seiko Blue Lagoon, which I've since sold. I love that watch. It was beautiful. Um, but, you know, that led to like six Samurais, of which I've all sold them off. It's, it's, my, it's probably my favorite case shape and just aesthetically what you get. It's just a solid little package. And then the Marathon T-SAR was one. I got that and moved it. And now I have my G-SAR. But I think if I'm going to shoot for like Grail Grail, right? Mm. Um, I have one now. My, my Grand Seiko, that SBGX335, I joke it's the Grail I never knew I wanted because I had so much experience with Seiko mm. that I knew I wanted to say Grand Seiko Diver. And when I saw that one, I was like, oh man, it's a no-date quartz. And the quartz is awesome. It's, it's, the, it's a beautiful quartz movement, the design and function and all that stuff. And um. So that's my grail that I own. If I'm being honest and I've never seen it in person. So I think if I see it in person, it might not be my grail anymore, but I always say the, the Rolex Explorer two. Um, I don't even care which model if I'm being brutally honest, hmm. but if I had like a huge grail, like a big grail, the Vacheron Constantine overseas Everest dual time. Everest. I think I've seen that. Is that the, with like the orange GMT hand? Yes, and the yep. gold rotor Mount um, Everest on it. Yep. That thing just captured my imagination from the first time I saw it. But yeah, it's pretty cool. That would be like my big grail. Like, and I think at that point, like you have to wear that all the time. Like you can't. Yeah, it, it's freaking thirty three thousand dollars, right? Like, yeah. what I do put that in my <laughs> watch box. And Better wear, wear it all my, the time. <laughs> yeah, I'll wear my mil sub mod. Sorry, guys, can't wear my can't wear my overseas because I got to wear this mil sub mod. <laughs> yeah. yeah now, I think, um, was it? Grand Seiko, they yeah. do quartz on like a whole nother level. I mean, oh, yeah. they, you know, they talk about uh, like Rolex. They say like, oh, they have a foundry. So they smelt their own gold and their own yeah. steel and rose gold and stuff like Grand Seiko uh, harvests their own quartz crystals. Yeah. That, it's crazy, bro. Crazy. Like, so that to they match it, they match it to the capacitor for a month to mm-hmm. ensure it freaking is in tune. And then um, it's thermal compensated quartz mm-hmm. movement you know it's like I mean? a high got, high torque so it's not yeah you know, the, the seconds hand isn't like ticking and dual pulse kind of going, kind of going, it's a, it, yeah it's a dual pulse motor it's got the anti-backlash yes gear so the, mm-hmm. the second hand is go dang, it just goes yeah that one that uh alex has that the black uh black dial grand seiko quartz gmt i mean that that's on a short list for me i certainly wouldn't mind having one of those yeah, we'll talk real quick after this because um, there's there's ways to get money off that piece, okay. legitimate. But uh, I don't like to give away too many sales secrets because you know what I mean, like, sure, you know. But I'll I'll cook up one of the homies. Yeah, you can you can get around like, I mean, close to five hundred dollars off that thing if you play it right at the right time of the year and all that stuff. But no, it's a good like twenty awesome percent off. 
Yeah, you can get quite a bit. Um, I'll explain to you that after this. Good deal. Maybe I'll do. Maybe I'll do a a, a, a super chat live stream one time and give away that secret. And but everybody's got to give me a dollar. I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's awesome. So, any part in shots, Ryan? Like, can, where can people find you? Um, is there anything you got in the works or anything you um, any thank yous you like to give to anybody? Any shout outs or anything like that? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, I'm on Instagram at Watch My Life. That's L Y F E. Uh, 13 on Instagram. That's my personal account. That's where you'll see all my watch stuff. I've got a professional account. That's UX Outlaw. Um, I'll give them a quick plug. That's uh, I'm a ambassador for uh, UXO Supplements. That's a veteran-owned oh, nice. supplement company out of Idaho. Um, on top of being veteran-owned, they are uh, a very high-quality supplement company. They third-party test all of their ingredients for banned substances, you know, fillers, junk that you don't want to be putting in your body. And uh, they've got patented ingredients. So their supplements are literally like unlike any others that you oh, wow. they've patented their formulas. You can't get them anywhere else. Um, and they do give back, uh, you know, well into the, they're, they're still a relatively small supplement company. Um, mm-hmm. They've just recently like moved out of operating and, you know, like the owners of homes. Uh, they actually bought a warehouse space recently, but oh, nice. uh they give back like well into the five figures every year to like mission 22 to help raise awareness for veteran suicide and hopefully help uh, prevent it. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm an ambassador for them. I have a promo code on my Instagram. If you're interested in trying their supplements, just shoot me a DM. And uh, if anyone's interested in, you know, if you have questions about the, you know, personal training course, army credentialing assistance, the national guard in general, you know, anything like that, feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, you know, I'll be happy to chat with you. That's awesome. Oh man. I might have to get some, I'm going to get some supplements. Yeah. We'll I've been looking after. for a veteran or yeah. Veteran owned company. Cause I, mm. I go to GNC cause they're in the exchange. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so no, that'd be cool. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you coming on, man. I really do. I feel like this is going to be helpful to anyone that's interested in the same path you are on um, like all guests on the, on the on the show open invitation for any watch chat you want to do one day but we definitely got to rebook uh hire our hero stuff when you get done with that i think that would be helpful to people too and um yeah so i want to thank everyone for tuning in ryan you got anything not at all man thanks so much for having me i look forward to our uh future episodes on watches and the uh, higher heroes it's gonna be fun man it's gonna be fun and thanks everyone for tuning in and remember at watchrolling.com you make the watch the watch doesn't make you <laughs>